Welcome to the Family Bible Journey. If you're interested in seeing how the journaling that we mention in the podcast works, check out our website at familybiblejourney.com or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. When you see the logo, you found our page and you will see lots of posts that we update regularly from the podcast Journal Bible. Thanks for listening. This is episode 42, season 1 of the Family Bible Journey Old Testament podcast. Today we're looking at Exodus chapters 1 and 2. The title of today's podcast is God Sees and Knows. Our key passages are chapter 2, verses 23 to 25, where we read, During those many days the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God and God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. In our text today, we have the beginning of the story of the Exodus. And the Exodus is the most often referenced story of salvation throughout the pages of Old Testament Scripture. If you remember our theme from the book of Genesis, that theme of God's faithfulness, despite the unfaithfulness of his people, is a theme that works not only for the book of Genesis, but indeed works for the entire Bible. This theme from Exodus also The idea that God redeems his people is another one of those themes, biblical themes, that we're going to see carried out into the very last page of Holy Scripture. And the story unfolds in a very mighty and marvelous and wonderful way in the story of the Exodus. We are told that the tribes of Israel multiplied greatly while they were there in the land of Egypt. Some 400 years Israel dwelled in the midst of the land of Egypt. And the people grew and they multiplied and they were not appreciated and loved as they were at the time of Joseph. No, they were loathed. They were viewed as a tremendous threat to the Egyptians. And so the Egyptians treated them very poorly. The Egyptians laid hard burdens on them. The Egyptians went so far as to command the midwives, the women who were responsible for bringing the young Hebrew children into this world by ensuring a safe birth for both mother and child. They were commanded by Pharaoh to kill the children the male children who were born. These women refused to comply with Pharaoh's orders and are recorded for us as heroes of the faith in the first chapter of Exodus. It's wonderful to see when the scriptures highlight the faithfulness of women of old. And these two women were told are Shipra and Pua, and that the Lord gave them families of their own because they trusted in the Lord and would not follow the cruel and evil command of King Pharaoh. We could spend a lot of time on the relationship between faith and following the orders of earthly authorities. At this point, let it suffice to say that Christians are called to follow earthly authorities unless that authority stands in direct opposition to God and his will for people. Pharaoh had ordered the death of these innocent children. This is clearly not God's will, and this is not what government is called to do in protecting and providing, promoting good and punishing evil. And so these women, we are told by Holy Scripture, were rewarded with families of their own. The fact that these women's names are even recorded is a tremendous testimony to how highly they were thought of by the Israelites at the time. Moses' mother and father aren't even named for us in the coming chapters, and yet these two faithful women are mentioned for us. They are remembered for the loving sacrifice that they made for God's people, even in a difficult and dark time for the nation of Israel. These two women aren't the only ones who are being blessed by God during difficult times. Verse 12 of chapter 1 says, The more that they were oppressed, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread abroad, 
God blesses his people during times of difficulty. It happens often in the course of human history that the church grows the most when it is oppressed the most. We think of how the Israelites are being oppressed and persecuted in Egyptian exile. Reminds us of how early Christians were persecuted in ancient Rome. How the church grew beyond number in the first 300 years of its existence, even though it was not legal to be a Christian. And not only was it not legal, it was a capital crime in many cases and in many circumstances and many places to be a Christian, and yet the church continued to grow and thrive. This is a biblical lesson that is good for us to learn because many Christians seek comfort and solace and put faith in the things of this world to multiply and grow the church over the goodness and the love of God who is our Heavenly Father. But we see here in this passage that the more they were oppressed, the more they grew, the more God blessed them, and the more the Egyptians grew to loathe them. And then in chapter 2, we are introduced to a man named Moses. Moses, of course, is going to be the one chosen by God to lead his people out of Egypt. But Moses was perfectly positioned, perfectly placed, perfectly prepared to be the one who would lead Israel out of the land of slavery. Moses was born during the time that it was a capital crime simply to be a Hebrew boy born to a Hebrew mother. And his mother hid him as long as she could. And when he was discovered by Pharaoh's daughter, we are told that she took him into her home, that she had compassion on him, that she loved him, and that she undoubtedly gave him every benefit of being a son of Egypt. This means that despite Moses' Hebrew heritage, he would have been educated He would have been taught, he would have learned the ways of Egyptian culture and Egyptian governance. He would have received a world-class education under the best tutors, the best teachers, and the best minds in the land of Egypt. Thus, he was well-prepared to be a leader when God called him to lead the nation of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But Moses' trajectory was not a straight path. No, no path that any of us ever walks is completely straight, never is it an easy road. And we are told that when he was about 40 years old, there's a story in chapter 2 of Exodus where he kills a man, an Egyptian, who is persecuting the Hebrews, and that it is found out that somebody witnessed it. And so Moses fled, and he fled to the land of Midian, across the Red Sea from Egypt. He ran for his life, and there he fell into the family of a priest of Midian, an interesting character who is evidence for us that there were other men and women at this time in the world who had true faith in the one true God, who are worshiping God Almighty. And this priest of Midian takes Moses in, gives Moses his daughter, and makes him a member of the family. And Moses would spend 40 years running and hiding on the other side of the Red Sea, living as a simple and a humble shepherd, 40 years of desert wandering, 40 years that he would be learning every rock, every tree, every shrub, more importantly, every source of water in that part of the world, because this is where Israel would spend 40 years herself during the sojourning on her way to the land promised to her forefathers. And oftentimes, when things don't go the way that we think that they should, we feel that we are losing time, maybe even wasting time, and we wonder, what in the world is it, dear Lord, that you are up to? The whole nation of Israel was wondering this as they spent 400 years in Egypt, and their burdens grew, their taskmasters 
became even more ruthless and violent with them, so that they longed for freedom. They longed to be released from the burdens of their slavery. And we are told at the very end of chapter 2 that God saw the people of Israel, and we are told that God knew. Now this is one of those verses that I have highlighted in green because it brings me great comfort. Verse 25 of chapter 22, God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. They felt as if he had forgotten them, as if he had left them, as if he had abandoned them, but nothing could be further from the truth. He was preparing the way for them to be freed from their slavery. And surely many generations of Israelite lives were spent in longing and waiting for the redemption that they may have not even seen themselves. But God was keeping his promise to his people, and he was preparing Moses to be the one who would be their leader. And Moses for us is in many ways a type of Christ. This redemptive figure, this great leader, this powerful prophet who would do great signs in the eyes of Egypt, the eyes of Pharaoh, and the eyes of all of Israel. And so Moses is one of the key types of Christ as a redeeming figure who would lead God's people from slavery into that promised land. And the rest of the books of Moses, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy will be the story of how it is that God is going to use Moses to redeem his people. If you appreciate this podcast as a part of your daily routine and would like to become a monthly sponsor so that others are blessed as you are by the podcast, go to FamilyBibleJourney.com to learn more. Sponsorships are tax deductible and cover our operating expenses like hosting and the services that make this podcast work. Our blessing for today. May you grow and multiply when you are oppressed, trusting in the Lord and looking to God for rescue and redemption. Amen. Mm -hmm.